so bloody negative about everything. So negative about everything. Like, if you don't know anything about rugby, don't talk to me. You've got to wash the... Bonjour Australia, bonjour the world. Kia ora, New Zealand, welcome into another edition of Rugby World Cup today. Brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Kubota, can you build Australian rugby again? Can you? I know you're an amazing team. Can you start rebuilding Australian rugby? That is firmly in our sights. Wow. For a negative, I don't know. I, I don't know how to be positive here. I, I have the strangest feeling, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I have the strangest feeling pouring over me today, seeping out of every one of my pores. I feel sad for Australian rugby. I don't think it was humanly possible. Once great rival, yeah, once great rival, two-time world champions. Um, and, and I'll say, what at their best over the years, one of the f- most enjoyable teams to watch. Those incredible backlines, the inventiveness, the astute play. It's been dissipating in front of our eyes for a long time now, but we have surely hit rock bottom. Here's my ABC of Australia. A for atrocious. B for beastly, that performance. Not in a good way. It was cringe to watch. It was diabolical. Ooh. Yeah, that's an E word, Brad. Don't laugh. F. Beep. Seriously. Gross, horrendous, ignominious. That's a great word, isn't it? Jaw-droppingly bad, killing me softly, lamentable, monstrous. No more, Daniel. Stop the fight. I won't go on anymore. I'd hate to be too negative. Incredible, incredible fall for Australia at Rugby World Cup. 40 points to six against Wales. I, I don't know how you feel, New Zealand rugby fans in particular. Are you like me? Do you actually feel bad for Australian rugby? Are you as confused as I am? Uh, let us know, double eight double three. You can always pick up the phone uh, on 0800 uh, We will hear from Eddie Jones. Uh, we will hear from his rival in the coaching box, Warren Gatland. Wow, Warren Gatland has shown you can be parachuted in quite late and actually see a bounce upwards, not splattering over a wide area on your face. Uh, Warren Gatlin's Wales through to the quarterfinals at Rugby World Cup. It was a huge weekend, of course. Uh, Sunday morning, Ireland up against South Africa, the number one and two ranked sides in the world. An absolute, I won't say bloodbath, but it was a brutal clash. I have not seen a game, as far as intensity at this tournament, come anywhere close to it. Nothing like it. It was so fun to call. Thank you, SCNZ, for having me and Christian Callan. We absolutely loved it. And, gee, those two sides are going to take some beating. You look at Ireland, and I know there's a lot of doubters out there. Uh, they only got over the gain line 40% of the time. Uh, South Africa had the most dominant tackles at this tournament. Ireland's line-out couldn't function. They were whistled at scrum time on a number of occasions, and yet they won. But people are still doubting Ireland. I, I don't know why. And we know South Africa is not going to overreact to that loss. They might actually um, engage the brain and go with a 6-2 split and have uh, some guy Pollard um, in the 23 who's likely to kick goals um, from late on. I I know much has been discussed about the goal kicking. A lot of them were long-range attempts that weren't gimmies. Uh, The one that really um, should be nailed is the conversion attempt from LeBoc. 
and probably that penalty from what 40 odd metres out 15 in from the left hand sideline so much uh, food for thought as far as what we have seen over this weekend they're just two of the games of course your thoughts are always welcome Double eight, double three. you can pick up the phone 0800 150 811 so we'll hear from Eddie Jones Warren Gatlin we'll also hear from uh, Andy Farrell Jacques Nenamba the coaches of Ireland and uh, South Africa respectively and the great Christian Cullen who was alongside me in commentary for that Ireland South Africa game will run his eye over it um, we'll play our chat with uh, Cully uh, and Cully also casts his eye ahead to uh, what a likely quarter final a likely I'm not going to say an absolute nailed on starter because my last name is Mick Hardy and I'm not unlike so many people I'm not forgetting that Scotland are actually breathing in this competition and still mathematically in a chance uh, of making it out of their group at the expense of one of Ireland or South Africa. So, uh, But Christian Cullen, I did put it to him uh, in my chat with him after that game on Sunday um, to contemplate a New Zealand-Ireland quarter final. That is all to come here on the programme. But as we do to kick off things on Rugby World Cup today, let's get to the stories of the day, the news of the day. And without question, Brad, without question, the lead story of today is... Scotland get their quarterfinal hopes alive with a 45-17 bonus point victory over the Kingdom of Tonga in a Paul B battle at Stade Denise. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, mate, no question. That's the biggest story in the rugby and world today. That is the that, that is yeah. the story at Rugby World Cup today, without question. And, and the pressure is on Todai Kefu because that's two losses in a row now, and I think it's yeah. time that there need to be serious questions around yeah. his ability as Tongan coach. Yeah, uh, for the eight minutes he has with the team prior to a World Cup, right? Yeah, I think I think we can give our Pacific brothers a bit of a pass because they don't have a whole heap of time, do they? Unlike um, nations like Australia. Yeah, hooker George Turner was uh, driven over by his fellow forwards to give them a perfect start. Scotland, that is, with five minutes on the clock. Tonga responded to grab the lead. Lovely try. Solomon Akata, remember him? He raced clear down the right uh, wing side and scored. But uh, the beautifully Scottishly named Duhan van der Merwe, and Kyle Stain uh, grabbed quick tries before flank out Rory Darge. My, that guy was everywhere. Seriously. He tackled everyone. Even, I'm sure he tackled one of his own players at one stage. Uh, he scored, and that secured a bonus point uh, uh, right on the stroke of half time. Now, Ben Tummy Ofuna smashed his way through the Scottish defence to bring his side within seven points. Tongan skipper there, but uh, tries from replacement scrum half George Horn, fullback Blair Kinghorn, and replacement winger Darcy Graham sealed Scotland's first win of Rugby World Cup. Why have I mentioned at the top that was the first game of the day, of course, and then the marquee game, the one we were all looking forward to. Did anyone really predict this? I, I know on a magnificent show this Saturday session, and uh, Huckleberry Finn, uh, who's alongside you, Brad, will concur to this, I, 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 I tipped Australia to beat Wales um, based on one thing, the narrative. I just thought, Eddie, the narrative. You know, it would be such an Eddie Jones thing <laughs> to bring a win, but... I did, that's why that segment is called Sporting Tips You Should Run a Mile From. But Wales were the ones who turned up, produced a brilliant display, beating an increasingly ragged Australia by 14 points to six to become the first team to guarantee a spot in the quarterfinals. In contrast, the Wallabies are facing a pool stage exit for the very first time. With both sides viewing it as a must-win clash in a tightly contested pool C, it was Wales who started brightly. They kicked a goal within, what, 30-odd seconds? Australia had talked about discipline all week leading up to that game. Uh, and that was followed by a scorching break from uh, Captain Jack Morgan. It's a good one, isn't it? Uh, who fed a, a rushing Gareth Davis to dot down under the post. Australia did respond. Uh, Karevi Korombeti to the fore. Um, 
and then Wales linchpin Dan Bigger goes off after just 12 minutes, and you think there's a, a faint chance there for Australia. Uh, with the men in red uh, leading just seven points to six, the Wallabies uh, look to be in the hunt, but almost nothing went right for the two-time world champions from there on, and a succession of penalties enabled Bigger's replacement, Gareth Anscombe, to pull Wales into a 16-6 halftime lead. Another lightning start just full, um, in the second uh, half saw Nick Tompkins gather Anscombe's really neat chip uh, kick to touchdown, and from then on it was the Aussie horror picture show, uh, it has to be said, as they limped across the park for the remainder of the game. With Australia utterly bereft of ideas, they were ill-disciplined, and in all honesty, they looked woefully inept and poorly, poorly, poorly coached. In the end, it was Wales's biggest ever victory over Australia, and congratulations to the men in red. Now, this does have ramifications, the fall of Australian rugby in this part of the world, in my humble opinion. Our, our high-performance pathway has been, tr- has been tied to South Africa and Australia throughout the professional era. I already think we are seeing things come home to roost with no South Africa and super rugby. I, th- I think that is starting to be quite obvious, right? And what are we left with? This sorry mess. Uh, yeah, we're, we all bleed black, but we need a strong Australia, I would think. Uh, because our high-performance pathways um, don't look all that high, if you know what I mean, for years to come. But we can deal with that another time. Uh, my thoughts there, your thoughts are welcome. Uh, 0800 or you can text on double eight double three. Hey, Aussie rugby may be down, but we aren't much better. What will you say if we don't get out of pool play? Can't see the ABs getting past the quarterfinal if they make that. Well, I see them getting out of pool play because they're better than the... Three other teams in their pool. I'd be staggered. I'd be, I'll eat my hat. I don't own a hat. I'll go out and buy a hat and I'll eat it if we don't get out of the pool. I, I think Ireland, sorry, Italy could push us for 50, 60 minutes. I still see New Zealand getting through as far as the quarterfinals. I'm not a betting man. I'm not touching that quarterfinal with a barge pole. You, you can't tell me a, a fully fit New Zealand side, fully fit, can't turn it on for a game? Nah. You're having a laugh if you don't think we could have one of those days. Could we have three... Big games in a row, I, I have my doubts over. and That's why I don't have them uh, top of the pile as far as my confi- uh, uh, my feelings. Uh, Andy writes, I don't feel bad for them because they only have themselves to blame with how they've conducted themselves over the last year or so. I'm worried that we share a domestic comp with them and I'm pretty sure they will drag us down to their level the longer we stay with them, writes Andy. Kind of looking at things like I did, but looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, 20 years of uh, poor governance and that uh, you know, rather confusing landscape of Australian rugby has come home to roost. Those are our big talking points for today. It's 14 minutes after 6 o'clock. How about um, we get to the man um, himself? Eddie Jones, we'll skip across the highlights. We all know what happened. Wales won by plenty, 40 points to 6. Um, Eddie Jones was very sorry. He was very, very sorry. Firstly, I'd just like to apologise to all Australian supporters a lot of people have travelled here. I'm sure a lot of people have stayed up late at night and, uh, you know, our performance wasn't up to the standard that uh, is required and I apologise for that. I take full responsibility for it. Um, and, yeah, we're disappointed. We've got a young team in there who's very disappointed. They, they tried their hearts out. Um, but unfortunately, at the moment, we just don't have the consistency in our play to put pressure on on, on teams like Wales. You know, we do some good things and then we fall away. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's very disappointing. 
Record loss to Wales, also a record loss at a Rugby World Cup in Australia's history. Well, that's not that's not my that's not my judgment, mate. That's the judgment of Rugby Australia. Are you able to explain why you, you think you are the right person to continue? Uh, well, I think I've got I've got the ability to turn things around. You know, it's I was hoping we'd be able to do it by now, but we haven't been able to. And as I said, I take full responsibility for it. I haven't I haven't done a good enough job. Um, and I'm bloody disappointed about that, mate. There was a, a very bizarre story. Tom Deason, who we had on the show in the opening week of Rugby World Cup today from the Sydney Morning Herald, very well plugged in uh, Juno as far as rugby and cricket, had a fascinating story that apparently Eddie Jones interviewed, interviewed, interviewed for a job two weeks before leaving for the World Cup with Australia, with Japan, a side he's had success with in the past. Truly extraordinary story. Uh, Understandably, that question was put to Eddie Jones um, at the press conference. Did you do a job interview with uh, Japanese rugby a couple of weeks before the World Cup? And if so, what was the thinking? I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Wow, come on, Eddie. Surely you know. Eddie, on asking any more questions about Japan? I, I really take umbrage at the questioning that people are questioning my commitment to coaching Australia. I really take umbrage at it. Um, yeah, I've been working non-stop since I've come here, um, and I apologise for the results. I keep saying that. But to doubt my commitment to the job, I think, is a bit red hot. So we're not going to deal with any of those questions any further. So I'm happy to talk about Wales. I'm happy to talk about Portugal. If you want to keep going down that line, I'll excuse myself. So do you want to decide what you want to do? Well, journalists are quite clever, aren't they? They can think on their feet, Eddie. And uh, while they didn't ask you directly about Japan, they did ask if you will be an Australian coach next year. Um, Eddie, do you have a second interview lined up with the JRFU? I said I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Can you give Wallabies fans your absolute 100% commitment that you will not be coach of Japan next year? I'm committed to coach Australia. Next year? I'm committed to coach Australia. That's that doesn't sound very say. definitive, Thank Eddie. Thank you. Next question, please. We said one follow-up. Interesting times, to say the least. How about we talk about the winners? God forbid. Uh, Wales, 40 points to six. Warren Gatlin, how good were his Welsh side? I thought today was uh, an outstanding performance in terms of what we wanted to achieve, game management. Uh, we were blown about the half-time, but we knew that they were worse than us as well. So, um, And I thought we just went out there and controlled the second half um, fantastically well. Uh, Warren Gatlin speaking about his team's fine efforts. He was also asked about what ARU could do to improve things. Yes, he was asked about the Australian Rugby Union. Yeah, that, that's a difficult one. Um, you know, having been involved in the, uh, sort of the last three three years in terms of Super Rugby back in in New Zealand, um, you know, there's definitely a dominance of the New Zealand teams in terms of the, that competition. But Wales isn't really much different to um, to Australia. You know, we've got regional teams that need to step up and perform and, and, and get better and and I think the same thing is for you know the super rugby sides in Australia as well and so if you can get performances, results, get to quarterfinals, semifinals, finals then that has a huge positive Im impact on the, on the national team. That is Warren Gatlin after a side's big win over Australia. Uh, 
Stan Sport, um, well done. I, I just want to say well done for your coverage after the game. Uh, that was excellent. Very honest. Very real. I could, f- very I could raw. feel. I could feel how they were feeling. And, and I think from a broadcasting perspective, uh, almost a vulnerability about it was fantastic. It came across really well. Uh, what about other reflections from around the footballing world, rugby world? Well, VMT rugby show crew, Rob Carney, former Irish uh, fullback, long-time Irish international, Matt Williams, Australian there, and, and others, uh, speaking about the downfall of Australian rugby, and I think the first voice you'll hear is Rob Carney. The game needs Australia. The, the beautiful attacking rugby that we know of this game was built in Australia. But this... The, the writing's been on the wall for this team and, and we thought and we hoped that because their backs were against the wall so much tonight mm. that they could produce something. And, you know, you go through the team sheet, there, there's a lot of good players in there, but they are outrageously poorly coached. Well, on that, so can I ask a question? Because you and, and in various media platforms have talked at length about structural problems in Australia that for the last 20 years, this organisation has been really badly run and, and it's going to catch up with them eventually yeah. uh, and I accept all of that however I watched a Dave Rennie Australia come to Dublin yeah. as most people watching at home did back in November yeah. they're good yeah, and, and, and that same team beat France so I, I take the broad structural problem but this short term Dave out you go Eddie in you come they have made a mess of the short term as well here this didn't have to be this bad yeah there's no doubt about that there is zero doubt about that. There's all the and this is what I try and say. It's so complicated in Australia. The problems are so vast and so deep, and on all these levels. But there is no doubt that the since the loss uh, to Italy, that that the decision was made to get rid of Dave Rennie from that period to now has been managed disastrously, and the expect the overpromised, underdelivered selections were wrong. Uh, good players that should have been here were not here. Michael Hooper is top of that list, one of the greatest back rowers Australia's produced since the Second World War, an iconic person, a leader. Uh, like, and, and then they completely changed the staff. Look at the defensive structure out there. Robbie, Robbie is sitting here saying, they're going to chip. Mm. Where's the fullback? Robbie is sitting here uh, 25 seconds before they chip. And we're looking, where, where's Callaway? Where's, where's the defensive structure? The first, the first line out where, they, where Wales come through, where's the defensive structure? Yeah. 101 stuff. It, it's, it, so there's, you, and this is where it's, you know, for me, having come through that system and being, being really um, helped by that system and adoring it, and you don't realise it when you're a kid coming through, but as a coach you look back and you go, wow, you know, I was really helped in that. That was a really positive system. I learned a lot. It was tough. It was tough love, you know. But I've seen our coaching go back, our thinking go back. And then you come here and Eddie, I, I, I'm loath to criticise him because, but I think he let his ego get in the way and changed all the staff so fast. And that's really hard on the players to but, go from system But the staff system. don't want to work with him either. How, yeah. how many assistant coaches have we seen through all of Eddie Jones's teams? leave and not yeah, want yeah. to work with him. Well, that team lost their attack coach in the eve of the World Cup. Yeah. So th- there's something in that too. And if, if you're trying to rebuild a rugby team, but more importantly, rebuild a nation, yeah. you want a coach in there who's going to bring people together, yeah. not disjoint the whole yeah. thing again. 100%. So, yeah, totally agree. I think th- for me, the, the biggest thing, like we were talking about backs up against the walls, like this is the 
biggest game in recent time for Australia after the first penalty in the second half. It was almost yeah. that they that they gave up. Yeah. You know, and we can yes, it we can did. talk about player quality, we can talk about coaching, we can talk about all the different fundamental aspects. That looked like a team that was leaderless, rudderless, without idea, and most importantly, without faith yeah. that they were actually gonna get back in this game and completely capitulate it. Body language was was really upsetting. Really upsetting. There was no fight. There was no there was no listen, Bush, come on, you know, where was the aggression? Yeah. Where, was, where was, you know, the Simon Portovans who'd lead us up and, and have, a, you know, do something about it? Where, are the, where were the guys that, you know, they might be great players, but they had some dog in them. Mm. Like, where, where's a dog in that team? I don't care, you know, if you can play against New Zealand and get outdone, they're a great side. But there was no fight there. There wasn't one player with a bit of dog no, in them. No, not play. one, mate, not one. Very interesting, honest appraisal from the VMT Rugby Show crew. Rob Carney, Matt Williams are leading the charge there. One Irish and Australian perspective, uh, VMT Rugby Show crew, that's Virgin Media Television. 24 and a half minutes after 6 o'clock. It's quite an autopsy we have conducted. Uh, that will continue in the months and you would think years to come as far as Australian rugby. Ain't no quick fix. Games go on. Rugby World Cup goes on, probably without Australia beyond the group stage after that historic loss to Wales. We roll on after this very short break. We'll have our breakout star of the day before the latest in uh, news. Uh, keep your messages uh, running through to us on double eight double three. Get to a couple of those after the break as well. So it's gone half past six. This is Rugby World Cup today. A couple of texts. Lammy on his new phone. Glad you got a new phone, Lammy. Lammy writes, To those so-called New Zealanders out there who say my All Blacks cannot go on and beat Ireland, you're dreaming not only will they beat them, they will go all the way and win it. Go the mighty All Blacks. Lammy's confident. Almost like he's a Crusaders fan confident. Uh, Brian, good heat this, Brian. Like it, Brian. Good source, Brian, I could say. Brian uh, writes, Hello, Daniel. What sauce would you like with that hat? Question mark. Okay, Brian. Put it this way, Brian. If we get knocked out of group stage, which is what I base that uh, line on, group stage exit, not a quarterfinal exit, group stage exit, I will allow you to buy the hat and you can choose the sauce. Okay? There you go. Double eight, double three. Keep your messages rolling in uh, to the program. Before we head off to news... Uh, you are with Rugby World Cup today. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Let's get to our breakout star for today, for this weekend. Now, a huge part of me wants to give it to Mr. Andrew Porter, the loose head pot from Ireland, who played 75 minutes. 75 minutes he played. Uh, he was fantastic. He had a few scrum penalties to overcome, but look, that face, those cauliflower ears, the, the mullet, the fact that half the start to France turf seemingly was on his face throughout the whole game. Absolutely love that guy's effort. But I've got to go uh, with uh, what we saw on the Wales-Australia game. It is the result of the weekend. And I'm going to give it to the Osprey star and Welsh captain, Jack Morgan. This player just gets better and better. Uh, he was enormous in Lyon. Getting through a mountain of work, which led... He led uh, the match with 16 tackles, did not miss one. He was a real menace in the contact era. Single-handedly astra uh, slowing Australian ball down, which is so important to how the Ockers want to play, right? Captain Morgan was huge at the breakdown, um, and he played a crucial part in Wales' opening try. Uh, even got himself a 50-22, and I think that was the key moment of the game. After Australia turned down a kickable chance to make it 
from bang in front. They go to the line-out, lost the line-out, like jumped into each other. It was embarrassing. Um, and then, boom, Morgan sent the ball downtown. It went out. They had a line-out. It kept, and then he capped it off with a late try. So, Captain Morgan, Jack Morgan, is our uh, breakout River Meets performer of the day, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowright, New South Wales. So, yes, sorry, Andrew Porter. I love you immensely. You are my new man crush, but I've got to give it to the Welsh captain. Gee, they've had some good sevens over the years, Wales. And Jack Morgan, as I say, getting better and better. Our breakout performance with Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowra, and only found at your local independent butcher. It is now time at 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock to head off to the news. Stay with us. This is Rugby World Cup today. Rugby World Cup today, you are listening to Thanks to Kubota, Shaping and Building Australia and New Zealand. The number one and two ranked sites in World Rugby met at Stade de France in a hugely anticipated game. And a game, boy, oh boy, if you wanted intensity, it had it in spades. Some stifling defence from both sides, limiting gut, try scoring opportunities uh, to just a few. One try apiece with Ireland finally holding on. Slow recycle, they're moving away, low catch and pass to the right corner, they will score! Mac the knife hits in, runs around, scores! And Ireland have the first try and take the lead, 5-3, 33 minutes gone, kick to come. South Africa, they rumble towards the line to Clerk off the back. Delende, second man play to Lebok, man over on the left-hand side, Cheslin Colby will canter in for one of the more easy tries he will ever score in international rugby. Brilliantly done by the box and they hit back they bite back and they take the lead eight points to seven with a whistle sounds just as the ball came out game over Ireland hold on Ireland beats South Africa in a tight titanic clash of rugby titans at Stade de France 13 points to 8 in the end. Ireland getting the chocolates, as we like to say, in modern-day vernacular. Well, let's hear from Andy Farrell, their head coach. What was he most pleased with? Uh, our uh, resilience, um, which has been really good of late anyway, um, as you could imagine. But um, that was a proper game, a traditional game that they had absolutely everything. And uh, there was ebbs and flows and ups and downs and how we managed to uh, stay on point mentally I thought was 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 fantastic the game was the game was never going to be perfect um, first half I thought we had the um, the rub of the green as far as field position is concerned and probably uh, I didn't ca- capitalize on that a little bit but it was so it certainly uh, rolls reverse wasn't it in the second half but how we um, how we kept our heads uh, getting those couple of penalties at the end uh, when it really mattered is the, the big plus side of, of, of our, our performance. It's the Irish verdict. What about the South African coach, Jacques Ninamba? Can they still defend their crown as world champions? Yeah, we can still. I mean, in 2019, did you think we can win the World Cup when we lost against New Zealand? And obviously, you have to. We we in this competition to win it, and everybody's in this competition to win it. And uh, teams that lose 
uh, they, a, a game in the pool stages must work hard to get out of the pool. So, so definitely we, we can still win it. I mean, we played against the number one team in the world and uh, we lost by five points. They can, right? Of course they can. Guess what? They've done it before. They're the only team to ever have done it. Lose a game and go on to win a World Cup. It was just four years ago. And now they're seriously eyeing a quarterfinal against a DuPontless France. Mm, Five dollars, mm. Daniel, to All Blacks versus Springbok World Cup final is what that's playing at the TAB. I think that that's the worst odds in the world. I think if the All Blacks get past the island, they make the final because you just look at the way the draw's playing out, and you know, like they'll avoid France potentially in the semis. Yeah, it's, so. well, it's- England, Argentina, Wales, Fiji. Yeah, yeah like, correct. So they, they, yeah. they avoid front. They know that. They know if they get past the quarter, they get, I'm not going to say the easy semi. They might get a Fiji or, or, or an England. That's a more winnable game for them than the box having to play France if they get past um, their, their quarterfinal or, or, or France getting past, you know, whatever that last team's left. So there's a, there is a pathway to a final for the ABs if they get past the Paddies. I always worry that I get coloured by commentating, that I, that I get carried away with the game. Brad, uh, as the uh, objective eye on this, you weren't mm-hmm. uh, involved in the call. Was it as intense as I thought it was? 100%. Was 100%. My wife watched the game with me and she was just like, man, that was just a brutal game. She said she loved the intensity and just the fact they were smashing each other. And she said the pace, the pace of the game was what got her. She said, this is a lot more faster than watching the All Blacks play. That's what she said, which I found really, really yeah. interesting for someone who doesn't like or watch a lot of sport. Two really good defences who, who do things quite differently. South Africa rush up a little bit more out wide. Uh, Ireland sort of keep their line, but, you know, so many, so difficult to get over the gain line. Both, both run to 50%. You know, it shows how good the defence was. Well, Christian Cullen called it alongside me. His verdict on that and the possibility of what is shaping up as an Ireland New Zealand quarterfinal. The great, the great, great, great. I give you the best ever to it in the number 15 jumper. Christian Cullen up next. Well, former All Black great Christian Cullen alongside me. We've called Ireland up against South Africa. Was that a matchup of the number one and two ranked teams in the world? I think so. The scoreline suggested uh, it was. It sort of come down to the last, well, the last play of the game, and uh, Ben O'Keefe called it and uh, game over. So thirteen eight, and yeah, a, a battle of the heavyweights. It certainly was. Defence was a, a big key. I mean, the try apiece, so a pretty even game. There were lots of sort of ebbs and flows in that uh, first half. Um, two sides who can probably play better in position and in decision-making in the final part of the field, you would think? Yeah, but, but as you say, though, it's one and two in the world playing against each other, so opportunities don't come often. And, yeah. and even if they do come, the other team can stop them. That, that's how, when you play lesser, probably, nations that... Uh, that aren't at the top one or two in the world, they, they might let you in for those some of those tries. So, yeah, opportunities are very, um, very scarce. So, and we've we seen it tonight. I think South Africa had a few, or well, this morning, South Africa had a few opportunities, didn't take them, and uh, didn't take the penalties, and, and Ireland did. Yeah, the goal kicking be a bit of a concern for South Africa. Come on down, Hondro yeah. Pollard. I mean, yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, they weren't gimmies. They weren't in front of the post, so they weren't. I mean, but, I mean, Faf had a couple of 50-metre ones, and... I think he had the length, if not the accuracy. And I think the only bad miss is the conversion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, yeah, you need them. You need them. we seen that with the Warriors last night. <laughs> yeah. You need your conversions to put a little bit of pressure on. Uh, so, yeah, that will, be, uh, that will be a concern, but I'm sure those boys, they're, they're pros. They'll be, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're out the training field practising every day, but, I mean, I suppose in a game time and when it's tight and you're under pressure, 
um, you know, your things change. Did the 7 1 split have the impact you thought it may? Oh, the first scrum it did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a bit like Andy Farrell. I don't really care. It's, it's what they are, it's what they, they play to their strengths, and they came on. But as we said, you know, that Andrew Porter played 74 minutes, and he's a prop forward playing one of the toughest positions in the, in the, in the world. And. So, but that, that's their strength, and it, and it worked. Jeez, it almost got them over the line. So that's how they play. That's how they play. And Ireland have got their bench. Then we just go with it. I mean, I don't know why people are complaining. Yeah, you know, South Africa are not going to overreact, right? They've been no. in this position before. They lost the first game of the last World Cup. Go on to win it. Yep. You know, they they really do believe in themselves. They're going to be absolutely fine. Ireland, what does this do for them? Is it like steal their own sort of belief that they are? You know, there's nothing quite like the Irish team of 2023. Yeah, I mean, we don't play these guys often, right? So, I mean, All Blacks played them, whatever it was, a couple of years ago, and they don't often play South Africa. So, and it's even like us, we go over there, we haven't played France for a while. You know, South Africa wouldn't have played Ireland. So, so then you know each other and you go, oh, yeah, here it is. This is what it's like. And for them to win tonight, I mean, they've already got confidence. I think we, what are they, on 15, 16 in a row now. So, their confidence is already there. I think the stat there with their quarterfinal bloody exits out of the World Cup, I think that is long gone. They don't won't even be looking or talking about that. That will be the media and everyone else yeah. telling them, you guys have never gone past the quarters. They won't care because they know if they get it right and a few of their players stay on the field, you know, I think if they lost a couple of the injury, it might be a different story. Because all they've known is winning. You know, they've yeah, just, yeah. just won a grand yeah. slam um, in, in Europe. Beat New Zealand in New Zealand. Yep. But they got the grit, hey? So that's the things you hear about, they, they talk about after the game. Andy Farrell, you know, they hung in there. Yeah, man, you've got to hung in there and do it tough when things aren't going your way. And, to, you know, this, this game today was momentum was swinging. It went for South Africa one time and, and Ireland. And when it's not with you, you've got to hang in there. And they hung in there. You know, you hear Sexton, they, they had to dog it out. I mean, that doesn't sound like a pretty appealing game, <laughs> but it was actually quite exciting. Yeah. But if that's how you win games and you've got to dog it out and, and hang in there, then that's what you've got to do. And they certainly, they can play that flash stuff, but when they need to knuckle down and shit, make their tackles and hit their rucks and clear the ball and do the stuff that no one wants to do, they do it. There has not been a game of that intensity at this World Cup, and it is now incumbent on teams to play them to match that. Yep, and I think that's... Players have got to do it on the field, right? That's it. Mm. But then that crowd, the crowd and the atmosphere and the and the park and the stadium, just everything combined that creates that. But that was the most intense physical whatever game of this tournament. Even though you know when we played France, but I don't think it was like that. I know you got a soft spot for Ireland with your time up in month. It was Munster, right? Munster. If I'm not not not, not mistaken, uh, and I know you got a lot of respect for um, the the modern day Irish side and the IQ going around Irish rugby. How do you feel about a quarter final, All Blacks and Ireland? It looks like that's uh, the collision course. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I obviously we want the ABs to to go through, but then like it's a shame because one of those teams isn't going to be there. Uh, so. I guess whoever gets beaten, I guess uh, at least we can support one of them that goes through because if it's not the ABs, then I'll be okay. I'm all over Ireland. And if it's not Ireland, then we're all over the ABs. But, yeah, I just, it's a shame that um, whatever the, the top, top five, um, five teams in the world are all on the same side of the draw and you're going to be losing some of them. Yeah. You won't, I don't think you'll have 
the best two teams at, in the final, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I still think the All Blacks can beat them yep. based on two things. Yeah. You know, they, they play near their best. That, that goes without saying, right? That, that's not even... But, but I think maybe even more importantly, health-wise, they've got to get everyone back. I, I don't think they can do it going deep into the squad. No, no. And there's, I guess, I mean, maybe a few... Are they going to look at a few changes at, at the back? I, I just think we were lacking a little bit of punch. And I think you need that when you're playing, especially these sides, because... They're big boys, eh? And we can't be going lateral. And you've seen, I think, Sir Africa did it today. And that sort of, I don't know, the last 20 minutes just started to go sideways. And you ain't going to beat teams like that. So, yeah, we need a, we need a bit of punch. So we need our big our big boys back, whether it's Retallick or Frizzell, whatever. We need big boys on the park to, to match these guys because we certainly, we've got enough of that skill in the back line to, to carve to carve any teams up. I mean, we've seen that through the year. I mean, before this World Cup, we were, we were five on the trot and, and taken apart Ireland, uh, taken apart South Africa and Auckland. So we can, but it's, uh, will they? Mm. I don't know. Because it's a challenge. It's going to be a massive challenge. That is the one, the only, Mr Christian Callan, who made his debut for us here on SCNZ for that game. He'll be alongside me for plenty more. Which leads me nicely into our Rugby World Cup schedule for today here on Rugby World Cup. Today brought to you by Kubota Shaping and Building Australia and New Zealand. All right, let's cast our eye ahead to uh, three big games that we have for you on Friday morning at 7.30. Our coverage will start. It is Japan up against Samoa. Very much looking forward to that uh, one. Japan uh, had the week off, didn't they? They've had the week off. I think they've only played a couple of games. That's a pretty evenly contested uh, pool now, isn't it? As he hurriedly tries to remember, I'm pretty sure that's Paul D, isn't it? Uh, England well and truly out in front, but Samoa, Japan locked up on five points apiece. Argentina on four. So we've got uh, full coverage of that game. Scotty Stevenson, Steve Devine will be in the chair. Friday morning, 7.30, our coverage starts Japan against Manu Samoa. Saturday morning, the All Blacks back in action. They've uh, had a rest week. Plenty of time in Bordeaux, I understand. Well, they'll be up against uh, Italy. The Azuri fresh off uh, getting their tournament back on track. Um, It will be the All Blacks up against Italy. Our coverage starts at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. Kick-off at 8. We'll run through to 11 o'clock. Christian Cullen will be back, the man you've just heard from, alongside uh, yours truly. Then Monday morning. Come on, Portugal. Come on, Portugal. Portugal were really good against uh, one of my favourite teams, Brad. You know this. Um, Georgia. I've always loved Georgia. Portugal got a draw against Georgia. Portugal now take on Australia. That's 4.30 a.m. Monday. Australia, Portugal, Sam Hewitt, Steve Devine have the early call for that one. That is our Rugby World Cup 2023 schedule. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. My huge thanks to Finn Huckleberry. Thank you, mate, Mr. Brad Lewis. And you all for playing a part. Rugby World Cup today will return in 23 hours' time. Until then, team, have a wonderful, wonderful evening, even if you're an Australian rugby fan. We'll catch you tomorrow here on SENZ.